Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening and we thank you that you are worthy. You alone are worthy of our praise. We thank you for our brothers and sisters who encourage us and lead us as we come before the throne of God and worship in the name of Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this evening. We thank you for all the ministry activities that go on across this campus. May you be pleased with what we're doing, with what our students do tonight and our boys and girls and all of our adults and various kinds of Bible studies. Here we are here. Lord, help us tonight to not just go through the routine of another day, another opportunity, but may we take it in. May we remember that our days are numbered and our days are few so that we must maximize them to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus. We pray that you might forgive us of our sins and that we would put aside the, as James reminds us, uh, put aside the filthiness uh, that we've gotten ourselves in today. Cleanse ourselves so that we might receive your word with humility, <clears throat> like seeds planted in our minds. May, our, may the soil of our minds be good soil. May there be fruitfulness that comes from our lives because we hear your word. We pray now that you would help us that we, as we sit and hear and listen to your wisdom. May your wisdom find a place, catch hold in our minds, <clears throat> and then impact the way we live. May we have wisdom and understanding so that we might live in righteousness. We thank you, Lord, for this time now in your word, and we thank you for the book of Proverbs and the richness of it. May we come to appreciate it in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good evening. Good to see all of you. There are, there are copies of the Bible study material. There's some notes here, and there's some at the back, and I hope you'll pick up a copy of the outline. If you're a guest with us, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you tonight. May the Lord bless you. We're continuing to spend our time these days on Wednesday nights uh, here in uh, our time together talking about living wisely, living wisely. <laughs> so I call your attention to Proverbs chapter number 10, Proverbs chapter number 10. And we were here last uh, week and we'll continue uh, in, the, uh, in the days ahead, Lord willing, as we have opportunity. I remind you also while you're finding your place in Proverbs 10, once you're there, hold your finger and go back and here's the goal. Here's the goal of living our life as followers of Jesus, Proverbs 1-2. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding. That's what we're looking at tonight. We're looking at the sayings of understanding. Verse 6, and to understand a proverb and a figure. It's interesting how things are designed in our life. Sometimes a simple statement uh, gives us more explanation than a long statement, and that's what the Proverbs are for us. So tonight I want you to imagine yourself as we've gathered in this place. We're here, we're here prepared to hear God's wisdom for us as we live our life. <coughs> In this room, all of you are at various places in your own relationship and walk with God. All of you in this room are going through different phases and seasons of life. We have those of us who are the older and those who are the younger. We're grateful. We're, we're a church of 
multiple generations, and that's good. We love that. We love all of the generations that God has blessed us with. So tonight, I don't know what you need in your own personal life, but the Holy Spirit knows what you need. There's never a time when you open the Word of God, if you're prepared for it, if you're ready to receive it, there's never a time when you open the Word of God that that God won't give you something uh, for you to, uh, to take home with you. So tonight, imagine here as we sit uh, in the presence of the Lord and opening our Bibles, let's hear, let's, let's allow the Holy Spirit to place God's wisdom in our minds. Because you don't know what you're going to be facing t- tomorrow. You don't know what the circumstances of your life will bring in the days ahead. So this is our chance to look at these wonderful truths together. We're looking at a section in Proverbs that begins in chapter 10. I'm doing this because sometimes we have new people who are with us each week and you may not be familiar. But from chapter number 10 of the book of Proverbs all the way over through uh, chapter number uh, 18, we have in this section, these eight chapters, <clears throat> the various uh, comparisons between righteousness and wickedness. So this, uh, this much material in the Word of God must tell us something about the importance of understanding the difference between righteousness and wickedness. So that's why we're doing it. I'm going to uh, I'm going to work through it tonight a little bit differently. Uh, the outline will be a little confusing, so don't panic and think that I somehow lost my mind and I didn't get things in order. It's, it's in order, actually, but first we're going to read the Word of God, but here's my point. The Word of God is helping us to understand what it looks like to live a righteous life. So as we read these Proverbs... Here's what I would suggest you do. It's going to be different now tonight than it might be in another day. As we're reading, something's going to get stuck in your mind. One of these sayings is going to stick in your mind. It's going to stand out more than other things. I believe that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And so you'll be reading God's Word, you'll be hearing me talk about it, and all of a sudden you'll think, wait a minute, that's a really important statement. Well, I hope you'll note it somewhere. I hope you'll make a note of it. And then I hope you'll take the time to sit down and think about it. That's called meditating on the Word of God. All of us in this room know how to meditate in a sinful way. It's called worry. That's meditation. You think about it over and over and over. You turn it this way. You turn it that way. You worry about it. You worry about it in the morning. You worry about it at noon. You worry about it at night. You worry about it on your best day. You worry about it on your worst day. You worry. worry is a form of mental meditation. You know how to do it. So now take the Word of God and replace worry with the truths of God's Word. So we're in this season of time working our way through these, uh, these chapters that many times in our Bible, we're, they're kind of ignored or, as I've said before, we make, uh, we make uh, art out of these sayings. 
I, I'm not opposed that we make art out of these words, but first, therefore, your heart and mind. These words are the living Word of God to help you understand. Here's what it means to be a just one, a righteous one. Here's what it means. Here's what it looks like uh, to be living in wickedness. So we continue that tonight. Let's dig for some gold. Let's see what we find. We'll begin reading in verse number 12, and we'll read through the end of the chapter. Last week we talked about the first 11 verses. Now we come back to Proverbs 10, beginning in verse number 12. Hatred stirs up strife. Listen to the wisdom of God now. Whatever you're going through, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found. On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. Wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish, ruin is at hand. But with the mouth of the foolish, ruin is at hand. The rich man's wealth is his fortress. The ruin of the poor is their poverty. The wages of the righteous is life. The income of the wicked, punishment. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction, but he who ignores reproof goes astray. He who conceals hatred has lying lips, <clears throat> and he who, slan who spreads slander is a fool. Where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of understanding. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Doing wickedness is like sport to a fool, and so is wisdom to a man of understanding. What the wicked fears will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy one to those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. The hope of the righteous is gladness, but the expectation of the wicked perishes. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the upright, but ruin to the workers of iniquity. The righteous will never be shaken, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom, but the perverted tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous bring forth what is acceptable, 
but the mouth of the wicked what is perverted. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Most of the Proverbs have an A and a B part. So you have an A and a B section here. Sometimes you have, so in most of these statements, the statement of righteousness is the A statement, and then the B statement is a statement about wickedness. This is the contrast. This is the parallel. This is, what the, <clears throat> this is how the wisdom of God works, showing us what are opposites, wickedness and righteousness. So what I've done is I've taken these and I've put them into four categories tonight so that you might uh, more easily understand <clears throat> these uh, issues that we're looking at in this chapter. So both, uh, first we'll look at the ways and curses of the wicked, uh, and you can follow me as I'll, as I'll go through these, and there'll be four qualities or four ways or curses of the wicked. Number one, the rewards of the wicked. What do the wicked get for their wickedness? Number two, the words of the wicked. What do wicked people say? How do wicked people talk? Number three, the desire of the wicked. What do wicked people desire? And number four, the insecurity of wickedness. Then on the, uh, on the, other pa on the back page, we'll look then as we uh, finish our time at the ways and blessings of the righteous. So ways and curses of the wicked, ways and blessings of the righteous. The same categories will be seen because what I've done is I've taken these, these uh, contrasts apart and put them in two sections. We'll look at the rewards of the righteous. Then we'll look at the words of the righteous. Then we'll look at the desire of the righteous. And finally, the security of the righteous. So I should remind us again tonight, what does the word righteousness mean? It means to be just. The just shall live by faith. Can we be righteous on our own? No, only through the Lord Jesus Christ can we experience righteousness when we receive His righteousness and the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell in us. Then we begin to live a righteous life. And that's what the book of Proverbs is showing us and expanding on. If you are a person of righteousness, if you have been saved and you are a justified one, this is what justified people talk like, live like, and experience in their lives. We have much to learn about it. Much of this is ignored by the modern church. This is too much detail for many Christians. They don't have the mind uh, to focus on it, the attention span to focus on it, which is a sad thing. My prayer is, is that you'll walk with us through these days. You'll learn much about what it means to be righteous. But also we'll learn about wickedness. This is why we share the gospel. We share the gospel, dear friends. Why? Why would any of us in here be surprised at the condition of the wicked world? Why would we be surprised? Wickedness leads to awful godless corruption and terrible actions. Those who are wicked are under the judgment of God. 
Those who are wicked face a devil's hell. So we have work to do. We must see the wicked in their condition and be brokenhearted about it. Sometimes it seems like in the church we have become so uh, school-oriented that we study these things and they, they are very important and we learn the labels and the titles, but none of this affects our heart. Look, when I talk about the wicked tonight, you think about some unsaved people you know. And what I'm going to describe tonight is describing those unsaved people you know. They are wicked. They are wicked ones because they have chosen not to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to live in open rebellion against God. They are living in wickedness. It was in Genesis as it is now. When God looked at the world there before the flood, He saw nothing but utter wickedness in the heart of man. And it continues to this day. Why would we as God's people be surprised at wickedness? I want you to think about someone tonight that you know who is not a Christian. And remember, they are a wicked one. They are an un justified sinner. They have not been justified. They have not been made right by the blood of Christ. They have not believed in Christ and been saved. They are in a desperate condition. So first of all, we look at the rewards of the wicked. And you can keep your Bible open and follow along. Now, also I've given you a little bullet point under each of um, these places because I wanted to give you a variant reading From, uh, from the Hebrew text, a little bit different way that you might look at the, these words. Sometimes they match, but I think they sometimes expand the thinking. So I'm simply giving you a little bit more uh, insight into this as English readers as to what this also is saying to us from the Hebrew language. <clears throat> First of all, the rewards. Well, let's just see them. Chapter 10, verse 16, the wages of the righteous is life. But first we start with this, the income of the wicked, the income of the wicked, punishment. Or the produce of the wicked makes men for want. The produce of the wicked man makes for want. I gave you some other passages as we go along to try to highlight these thoughts. Think about the truth that's behind it. The income or the produce or what is earned by someone. What is it? What is it that happens to wicked people? They work, they work, they, they seek to produce, they want to gain the income. What's coming in from all the activity of the wicked? Nothing. They have nothing to show for all of their all of their activity, the income of the wicked, punishment. What is the real result? The wages of sin, Paul said it. He studied studied the Proverbs, didn't he? He knows the Word of God. The wages of sin is death. That's why Paul says in describing those who are without Christ, Philippians 3.19, their end is destruction. I'm talking about your friends and mine who are unsaved. Our children our grandchildren who are not saved. Their end is destruction. Their God is their appetite. 
and their glory is their shame. And they set their minds on earthly things. This is the state of the wicked. Or as Paul says in Galatians 6, whatever a man sows, he will reap. See, this is it. The income of the wicked is punishment. What's going to happen? What's the, the produce of the wicked makes man for... Make, the, the produce of the wicked man makes for want. There's never enough. And whatever a man sows, he reaps. That is, whatever my lifestyle is, whatever I'm, whatever I'm endeavoring to do, whatever I'm spending my time on, I'm going to reap it. I'm going to reap it. And he who sows to the flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. So we have this warning about the condition and the rewards of the wicked. The income of the wicked is punishment. There's nothing coming in the future. You see, the wicked person is deceived. They think if they just be kind and nice and moral, somehow God will give them an opportunity to go to heaven. There's nothing in the Word of God that teaches such. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, confess your sins, and believe on Him because this is why the Lord Jesus died. Oh, the reward, the endless destruction the endless destruction of those who will perish forever, who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The words of the wicked. Chapter 10, verse 31. Now we go to the end. The mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom, but the perverted tongue will be cut out. The perverted tongue will be cut out. Or the treacherous tongue shall be cut off. The mouth of the wicked is perverted. In uh, verse number 32, the mouth of the wicked, uh, the mouth of the wicked, what is, it, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverted. So you have this picture of this duplicity, this wickedness in speech. And did you notice how many words we read that had to do with the word, with speaking? Verse 13, on the lips of the discerning is wisdom, but, uh, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. Notice, wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish ruin is at hand. Down in verse 19, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. I gave you some additional verses. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. This is what the righteous man says. I hate it. I hate the perverted mouth. A fool's mouth is his ruin. His lips are the snare of his soul. And may the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that speaks great things. This is the prayer of Psalm 12 of the righteous. So we see the rewards of the wicked. We see the words of the wicked. I want to remind you of this. And if you w would like to, to read it with me, you can. If not, you can just listen to it as I read it. What does, uh, and let's keep our place in Proverbs 10, but what does James say about the tongue? Now I'm warning you, you know your Wednesday night group. Oh, I know what it says in James about the tongue, but have you read it lately? Have you heard it today? I'm glad you know it. I'm glad you know it and you can quote it, but have you heard it? Have you listened to it? What does James 3 say? Beginning in verse number 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, 
able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of sin. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles, creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Father, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. So the very, the very words, the perversion of the tongue of the wicked, the wicked mouth and its wickedness bring no honor to God and only bring destruction and shame to a person's life. The desires of the wicked. What do those who are in wickedness desire? Chapter 10, verse 20. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The mind of the wicked is of little worth. What they focus on, what they focus on is passing away. What they focus on is what we remember in the book of Ecclesiastes, like chasing the wind. Their desires are on things that don't last. Their desires are on things that bring no satisfaction. They continually, they continue to pursue their path of wickedness, thinking they will be satisfied and filled, and yet there is no satisfaction. Proverbs 10, 24. What the wicked fears will come upon him. You see, this is a part of desire. What they fear will come upon them. What the wicked man plots overtakes him. There is this paranoia built into wickedness. There is what we read in other places in Scripture. The wicked man runs when no one's chasing them. There is this, there is built into the desires of the wicked nothing of value and only fear. And the expectations of the wicked perish. Notice the expectation, verse 28. The expectation of the wicked perishes. What are those in the world today who are without Christ expecting? What are they planning? What are they, uh, what are they hoping for? All of it is an illusion. All of it is a house of cards that's going to fall down. There's nothing ahead of them that they will find. You see, the wicked live under a delusion. Their hearts have been deceitful. I read you this word that's a warning from Deuteronomy. This is still true today for the wicked as it was when Moses gave this warning about the curses of God that come and the judgment of God that comes on the wicked. It shall be when he hears the words of this curse that he will boast saying, I have peace though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. 
in order to destroy the watered land with the dry. You see, I have peace. I'm not going to listen to all of these warnings from God's word about death. I'm not going to listen to all these warnings about uh, my life uh, leading to further corruption and deadness and wickedness. I'm not going to listen to it. There is this false peace. What is it that we're reminded of when that uh, the Lord Jesus reminds us of in Noah's day? They were doing business transactions. They were getting married. They were doing everything the day God shut the door of the ark and judgment came. When the Lord Jesus comes again, business transactions taking place, people being married, people going their way, thinking there is no God and judgment will come when the trumpet sounds and the great judgment of God begins, which is coming soon on this world. This is the condition, my friends, this is the emptiness. There is the expectation of the wicked perishes. It does not last. It is empty. It fails. It fades away. And then they are insecure. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked are no more. Or as it can read, when the storm passes, the wicked man is gone. The years of the wicked will be shortened, Proverbs ten twenty seven. It can read, the fear of the Lord prolongs life while the years of the wicked will be shortened. Where was that man? Where was that man who boasted great things? Where was that man who said he would live a long life? He's gone. He's gone. And when someone is gone, <clears throat> their memory is gone. The fear, the years of the wicked will be shortened and the wicked will not dwell in the land. The wicked will not inhabit the earth. You see, the sadness of this is described by, this is the insecurity and the sadness of the wicked. I, I, I pull this statement from Ecclesiastes 5.17. Throughout his life, he also eats in darkness with great vexation, sickness, and anger. This is why there are men and women tonight sitting in a bar room in the dark, leaning on a table, thinking that in that liquor, they're going to find some sense of peace and satisfaction, and they can't find it. It's why there are people all around this part of the country who will do anything they can, even use chemicals that are never meant to do this, and ingest them into their body so that they might find some means of gaining some kind of peace in their heart. This is the condition of the wicked. But now we end by thinking about the ways and the blessings of the just. We don't justify ourselves with God. We are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. But praise God, when we are justified, we are justified and made righteous and we live, we live our life now as righteous people. What about our rewards? Well, let's, let's rejoice in some of these words. Uh, Proverbs 10, 16. The wages of the righteous, the wages of the righteous is life. What is our pay? The labor of the righteous man makes for life. You see, this is a reminder of what did the Lord, when he was telling that everyday story, that parable, he said to his slaves, 
He, the master said, here, take this money and go do business till I come back. That's what the righteous are doing. That's what we're doing tonight. That's what you're living for. Look, everything you do every day of your life is a part of building toward eternity, my friends. None of it's wasted. Everything we do as righteous people is building toward eternity. Do business with this till I come. The Lord says here, here, righteous one, I've given you spiritual gifts. Do something with the spiritual gifts I've given you. Get busy. Do this until I come. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, 8. Now he who plants, he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to their labor. There's blessing coming. We'll talk about it Sunday, about storing up treasure in heaven. Storing up treasure in heaven. This is the Lord's direction for the righteous. We constantly, we're constantly thinking, Paul says in the, to the Thessalonians, about their, their work of faith and labor of love. You see, there's a wage, there's a pay, there's a reward for the righteous as we seek to follow Jesus and live like Jesus in this world and do, uh, do the work that He's called us to do. The words of the righteous. Well, verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is as choice silver. Not just any kind of silver, choice silver. You notice, the lips of the righteous shall feed many. 21. What does that mean? Think about our Lord and how He fed he gave, His words were the words of life. They were words of nourishment. They were words that feed. When you speak as a righteous person, do this is a very important question. Do you give people life? Well, the righteous do. You see, when the wicked speak, they destroy people. When the wicked speak, there's death. There's death in their words. But when we who are followers of Jesus speak, we speak with, with uh, gracious words like our Lord seasoned with grace. We are gracious, we are kind, and we speak words of life to people. Look, it's better to say nothing to, than to destroy someone with your words. It's better to just be quiet. It's better to just be quiet. Someone's agitating you. Someone's trying to get you to say something. The Lord Jesus, when he was reviled, did not revile. He was quiet. And here we see the righteous feed with their words. The lips of the righteous sustain many. Look, people are counting on it in your family. People are counting on it in your relationships. Feed them. Encourage them with your words. My prayer is that our church will be filled with righteous people whose lips are like choice silver, precious, and feed many. And the lips of, righteous, of the righteous bring forth what is acceptable. Uh, listen to some of these passages that I've given you here. Proverbs 37, uh, Psalm 37, 29. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. His tongue speaks justice. A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. You see, wait for it. 
Why are you so quick to blabber it out? Wait for it. There's always a seasonable time to say what you need to say. Wait for it. You see, a word in season is a timely word helps somebody through a hard time. This is what Job's friends didn't understand. There's some wonderful truths that the friends of Job gave to Job. But the problem is, they did way too much talking and not enough grieving with their brother Job. Just sit with them. We talked about this in detail in Lamentations. When someone's suffering, don't go over and give them a sermon. It's not time for a sermon. It's time to wait and give life through your words. Fewer words are better than more words. Did you hear it tonight? When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in the right circumstance. And then we see who is our example. I quote to you from Luke 4. All were speaking well of the Lord Jesus. They were amazed at His gracious words that were falling from His lips. Let me tell you folks. The, the hostility, anger, hatred of words today is at an all time high. It will amaze the lost to hear the believer speak gracious words, regardless of how they're treated. The desire of the righteous, Proverbs 10, 24, with the wicked fears will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. Whoa, this is such a blessing. What the righteous desire is granted. And Proverbs 10.28, The hope of the righteous is gladness. The righteous can look forward to joy. The righteous can look. look he grant, he gr the prayer of the righteous man avails much, James tells us. The prayer of a righteous man. We have confidence before God that He hears us when we pray as righteous people in the name of Jesus and he answers prayer. He says he answers our prayers. This is a blessing. The desire of the righteous is granted. What do you desire tonight as a righteous person? What is your great desire? Is it earthly? Are your desires bound up in earthly things? Or is your desire tonight bound up in heavenly things? This is such an important thing for us to remember. And what, does, what do we read in Psalm 37, 4? Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. It's amazing how our desires change the more we focus and think and dwell upon the Lord Jesus and heavenly things. The one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. The Lord sees you tonight, righteous one. The Lord sees you. Oh Lord, are you there? Yes, He, he sees you. He sees you in the depths. 
He sees you on the heights. He sees you in the, in the darkness. He sees you in the light. He sees you when you're at your best. He sees you when you're at your worst. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. They're toward you. They're toward you. He's not looked away from you. He looks after you. Watch mothers. I watch them sometimes when they're out here on the playground. Watch these mothers when they come around. They, they, they're talking, but they're always watching. They're, they're, where did they go? There they are. Where are they? Their eyes are toward their loved one, their child, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against the wicked. So the security of the righteous. What a good place to stop for tonight as we have just a few moments. Proverbs 10, 25. Hear the word of the Lord. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked is no more. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. What better could we have that, than that our faith is built on the cornerstone, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the apostles and the prophets, ladies and gentlemen, the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a sure foundation. What a firm foundation. How firm our foundation. Ye saints of the Lord. Amen. You know, we have this wonderful foundation, and how did the Lord describe it? Well, it's the same as you see in verse 30. The righteous will never be shaken. You can kill them. In parts, of the, in parts of the world tonight, there are believers who are suffering great indignities and persecution simply because they follow the name of the Lord Jesus and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they suffer great harm and trouble tonight. And what does the Lord say to us as we end tonight? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. Have you done that? Have you come to the Lord Jesus in your sinfulness? Do you hear what He says? Not are you just entertained and is it some kind of a novelty? Do you hear it and take it to heart? What did the Lord say? Let him who has an ear hear. He used to say that all the time when He would tell those parables. Let him who has an ear hear. I'm asking tonight, do you have an ear? Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Let him, everyone who comes to me and hears my words, acts and acts on them. I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man building a house. That's what we're doing tonight. We're building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well Built. You know what a well-built life is based on? Putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the firm foundation. And as you do that, and the troubles and trials come, you will be... You see, this is what the Lord is doing. He's building us up. He's building us up. He's, he's doing His work. He's working on us. He who began a good work in us will complete it. Philippians chapter 1. So my friends tonight, may it be true for us that we learn uh, these lessons that we gain from God's wisdom from the book of Proverbs, 
that teach us even more tonight about the qualities and the ways and blessings of the righteous. And may our hearts be broken for those who are still in wickedness. And may we go to them and do whatever we must do to appeal to them to be saved. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. Come, Lord Jesus. It's been a pleasure to see all of you tonight. And may the Lord bless you. Heavenly Father, now we come, having heard these words, may you, may you, by the Holy Spirit, may you take and penetrate our, we are so distracted as a people, we are so busy, we are so hurried. May you take these words and may they find a place in good, soiled minds, ready to receive the truth of your word so that we might gain and grow and live righteously all the days of our life until Jesus comes. Bless these, my friends, who are here tonight, and those who have listened to us who could not be with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Say hello to somebody on your way out. Join us on Sunday if you can. Everyday Stories of Jesus. May the Lord bless you. Have a good evening.